You are listening to the Holocron on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show.
Hello. Well, Welcome back, everyone. How you doing, Justin? Doing pretty good. Anytime I get to start Star Wars, talk Star Wars, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Even when yeah. I had a hard day at work. I've been at work since 645 this morning, worked oh, till yeah. 5, and then came straight from here. So my time was like an hour in between my me getting off and coming straight to this to talk about Star Wars. I mean, talking about Star Wars is always, 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 always a great thing to end your day on or start your day on, honestly. Yeah. But um, before we do that, we got news. It's going to be really hard to talk about. I really hope I don't cry. Um, we got news that one of our buddies, like, not just a close personal friend to me, but to, to Let's Get Ready, Kevin Smith's has been diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. And um, we, I, I don't know what to say, except like, we're, we're here for you. We're here for Kevin. We... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's hard. I, I tried to do exactly what you're trying to do. Uh, uh, last night I filmed the, uh, the five-pointer, and I get pretty emotional. Like You can kind of tell like my voice is not the same that it normally is when... I'm talking so like, nah, man, this is tough, tough situation, a tough thing to talk about. Uh, you know, this is one of those things to where, you know, even though like I haven't been able to like in person, shake that guy's hand and be there, there's still a little bit there of like, you know, watching him do a down stuff and watching him grow and watching him become who he's become. And you kind of feel part of that. Like you kind of feel a part of that. And especially because the community is not this huge thing, you know, like it's not, it's big, but it's not like the biggest thing out there. So it is a little bit tighter knit than a lot of other communities. So you get to know people. I mean, we, we interviewed him, not really interviewed him, but he came on a show and helped us break down matches uh, not very long ago. And, you yeah. know, that's just one of those things. Yeah. I, I honestly, this is something that I've said to him in private. We'll always have his back. And, um, well, just he, he should know without pouring love and support that he's gone since he announced it, um, that he, he should know that he has an army behind him. Roxy said it best. He literally has an army behind him. And if he ever, Kevin, if you're if you're watching this, because I know you told me you want to, if you're watching this, just know that we got your back. And if you ever feel like you can't stand up, lean on us because we will be there for you whenever you need us. Can't be better said. Can't be better said. I mean, I agree 100 percent. That's the thing. Like you got all these people that's going to be behind you. Don't look, don't let them go to waste. Like use them when you have to. And we'll be here. Arms outstretched, ready, ready for you, man, whenever you need something. So it's going to be hard to transition from that. 
but uh, Star Wars does make people happy. So let's see yeah. if that can make us happy today. Let's see if it can brighten up and, and do our spirits. Uh, you want me to go over a couple pieces? We're just going to go over briefly, like a couple pieces of news. You want me to hit that up, Rador, give you kind of like a little break? Because <laughs> you probably need it. Because like I said, yesterday was pretty tough for me. <clears throat> uh, so a couple pieces of news that we have. Lego Star Wars is going to do a holiday special. That's right. A sweet holiday minute. special. Lego Star Wars Sweet Holiday Special is going to be happening on November the 17th. Uh, yeah, man, it's pretty crazy. Like, I never thought they would ever try to do a holiday special again in Star Wars since the last one got a lot of bunch of hate. Uh, but they're going to do it, and I think it's smart to do it, like, in a Lego-style universe because they can get away with a lot more than if they were to have, like, the real actors there. Uh, Mando Season 3, uh, it's already been announced that I already start filming or at least, like, in pre-production for the filming. And uh, Favreau actually said something pretty interesting. He said, like, if uh, he was given the opportunity to make a Mando movie, he would do it. And another thing that includes uh, during The Mandalorian, while they were actually on set, uh, Obi-Wan actually did test footage for his costume uh, on The Mandalorian set. So, like, that's going to have to get people excited. There's a lot of people that love Obi-Wan, uh, love what Obi-Wan does in the series and the prequels and everything else and loves you and McGregor and they're going to be able to see him as Obi-Wan and it gets closer and closer and closer to becoming a reality. So those are the three kind of like hot, you know, uh, off the press kind of things that we saw from Star Wars that's, you know, worth talking about. Any of those three you uh, like in particular, Bedore? Um, I feel like the, the Mandalorian movie would be a good idea to end the series on. I don't. I don't think it should be like a movie in the middle of it. I I kind of agree, but what do you think about instead of doing doing a movie like I know when he says movie, uh, that people automatically assume the big screen. But what if he just did like a Disney Plus like special movie, kind of like Netflix has all their movies that don't necessarily go to like the actual theaters; they get released on the platform. What if he makes a movie that is only like platform specific, like it don't even go to theaters? It's something that he makes. That kind of ends the Mandalorian story. I still, I still think it's the same thing. I still think that he should, if if he is going to make a movie, it should be like the conclusion of the mm -hmm. series. And I'm uh, obviously I'm a big Obi Wan Obi Wan fan. Um. So yeah, him doing the costume uh, testing gets me really excited. Yeah, I mean, that makes it more and more real. Every time you see something like that, it just makes the show know that, oh, well, it's happening. Whether how good or how great it's going to be, we don't know that yet until we see the footage and we actually see the show. But it's just comforting to know that, no, nah, this is legit happening. They're spending time, spending money and effort to do it. Yeah, I will say this. I haven't seen the holiday special. <laughs> so, Like the old uh, school one? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you're not missing a whole lot. I, I know, like, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and, like, watching, um, like, little clips of it, I'm just like, what the? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it have some goofy fun, like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like, you can't Oh, it's definitely on, on, like, my Christmas watch list, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch it on Christmas, that's that's for sure. You know what, We maybe we can do, like, a, a watch along on here, and... Yeah get our hot takes while it goes on. Oh my God. Like literally just do, do the movie. I am 100% down. Nice. Like, like actually do like the movie on Twitch. So you guys, if you're here, 
you're invited. Or <laughs> 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 you're just going to be watching the movie and probably tearing it apart. Yeah, there, there's a thing though. You can tear things apart, like in a fun way as well. Like, like I said, no matter what you are or what you like and what you love, there's always some of that that like's not the greatest, but you still love it because it's like Star. It's like something like Star Wars. Yeah, it's something that you 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 just love the the entirety of it, even though some of it's not the greatest. Man, yeah, uh, we all have families. Sometimes you have that weird uncle, right? He's still part of your family. He's weird. But you know what? He's still part of it. So, and you still love your family. So that's that's the way I look at it. Yeah. So right. we're we're just gonna jump into it. So we have. Well, before we jump into it, I actually do have a question for you, uh, Justin. And both the characters that we're going to be talking about today are in A New Hope. And I just want you to say, like, what is a moment that you love, like, absolutely adore in A New Hope? My favorite thing in A New Hope, because it's not my number one movie, although it does rank probably, you know, if I had to do a rankings, it would probably be five or six, but it's up there towards the top. Uh but at New Hope, the one thing that I always remember and I always will remember is whenever Luke comes back and he knows like his his, his parents that he thought was his true parents uh, that were just there really to protect him and, and have him there on Tatooine uh, were killed. And he, he walks up to the he walks outside the hut and he looks up at the two sons, just the music and that moment that like Luke Skywalker, like. Uh, we all come to this moment. Obviously, it's not as beautifully shot as a movie or anything else, but we all do come to a moment in life when we have to make a decision, no matter how big or small, that impacts our life forever. And that's what he had to do. And that symbolism, the music, and the scenery, uh, that's probably my number one thing that I remember from that movie. We should have talked about this beforehand. Well, is it the same? You got the same moment? <laughs> Hey, maybe it's, that's why we're doing the show together. It's it's him looking at the sun, and then the score kicks in, and that's literally that's the moment that I was like, "This is really cool, and I really like this." And then as the movie went on, and the, it changed into "This is really cool, and I love this," and then to "This is really cool, and I'm obsessed with this." Right, but that's yeah. the moment that. I mean, not to say there's not a lot of cool things in there. That's just that one moment I always keep. I. I after that moment happened, like you kind of get drawn in, you're like, oh, dude, like this is kind of cool. And then they go straight to, you know, to Mos Eisley and go to the cantina and you see all these people. You're like, what the? Whoa, who is that? Is that a werewolf? Is it? You know, <laughs> I who's swear, that guy? Like, we're going to talk about him, I swear. I'll, I'll get no, no, to but it, like, I swear. You're, you're like looking at all these different aliens and characters and stuff like that. Yeah. You end up seeing Greedo during that scene and all this thing and all this stuff going on. And you're like, oh my God, this is vast and endless. Like uh, how many things could be in this world? And it just kind of grabs a hold of you at that moment. I think A New Hope is, even though, like I said, it's not ranked as my number one movie in the series. Uh, a New Hope is like that perfect uh, bridge for people to watch to me. Because it's, you see that one. Two and, like it switches back and forth between that and Empire, really depending on my mood. Like if so I like don't it, want, if, if, if I want like a, a to be continued ending, it's it's Empire. And if I want like the full story with a happy ending, I would go Man. a new hope. 
but it's it's really hard because those two movies I love deeply and I've seen so many times. So everybody here that's watching the show probably hasn't ever seen Bedores. Like I know some people have, some haven't. It's got the most awesome ever uh, Star Wars movie Rebellion, one of them being a Darth Vader helmet. See, like I could, if I owned that helmet, I would never watch Empire Strikes Back without wearing it. Like, I would just wear it the entire time <laughs> as I watch the Empire Strikes Back. You basically can't see in it. I have it's it's right up there. It's Listen, girl, uh, that Darth movie's Vader my eyes. and a stormtrooper, and I have like all my my figures down there. So this is it's a. Let me explain my setup. Screen, screen, PC. And then everything up here is Star Wars books and Star Wars Funko Pops and Star Wars plushies. And then all here is like more books and more plushies. It's, I'm just like, I'm, I'm on here most likely more than half of my day. Yep. And you get and to see Star Wars I, from your face. I'm also. literally like watching Star Wars like right now like the Funko Pop staring at me is is when Luke goes into Look, the Dagobah cave and sees himself in Darth Vader's mask. We need to get that's, started that's, on these two characters that we're going to start about, but I'm going to let you know. This is a ship from a game that grown men, it's a plastic ship for a game that you play on the table called X-Wing. And that's a B-Wing right there. But it's a literal game where grown men roll dice against each other trying to shoot each other in fake plastic ships from this world of Star Wars. That's how nerdy it can get. But yeah, that's yeah. great. Like, love yeah, it all. Yeah, honestly, like, if we're, if, like, thank God for next week's episode where we just get to sit and talk about Star Wars and nothing in specific. Because mm -hmm. that one, that one, I think that one is going to be what I'm most excited for each week. Uh, I mean, each, each month, just mm -hmm. because it's like there's so much and we're not just focusing on one person. We could literally be talking about every single thing. And we don't really have a time limit for that one. So oh, yeah. Justin, Justin would be happy with that one. But yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> we should be going on to what we're actually here for is we actually, Justin did mention the cantina, two characters that we're talking about. One you see in the cantina and one was in the cantina, but you don't see him because he's like in the background but we'll we'll get to his story later. But the first one we're going to be talking about is Cornelius Evazan, Dr. Cornelius Evazan. And some of you know him from, like, him and Pandababa trying to start a fight with Luke, and then Obi-Wan cuts off Pandababa's hand. I, it's, it's, it's one of those moments, like, you don't forget because that's the very first time that you see a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. So this is, um, we're going to be talking about one half of that. We're going to be talking about Cornelius Evazan. He is played by Alfie Curtis. His species, even though he doesn't look like it, he is actually human. He first appeared in Star Wars uh, A New Hope. His origin planet is called um, Alsekan, which is located in the galaxy's core worlds. So... You know, we know Tatooine is on the outer rim, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so True. he was—he was—he was not—he was not from Tatooine. But we'll get to why he's there, because wow, um, the weapon he uses is an SE14C blaster pistol. Some fun facts about him: 
he um, had many aliases, and we'll get to why he had many aliases, but he had uh, Rufu, Rufu Mutilator and Lopset Yes. Lopset Yes being the main one that this story focuses on because the majority of what we're going to be talking about him today does revolve around that one alias. And I will say this before before I actually start going into his character. His story is massive. <laughs> when I say massive, the very first draft of this was like nine pages just for Cornelius Amazon without going into <laughs> legends. Yeah. So, so cut it down up to a point where you'll see when. But another fun fact about him, his right eye is actually blind. Um, he had foul-smelling breath. He was a skilled electrician, and he was a personal doctor to Dryden Boss, which who we see in Solo, A Star Wars Story. Mm -hmm. So there are three parts to his story. When we see him in A New Hope, before we see him, and then after. What we don't know what happened. So before... Before he, before he got to um, Tatooine, he was actually a cosmetic surgeon in Pons Aura, a small uh, set settlement located in the remote desert world of Abafar. He started practicing um, creative surgery, where he would um, like mix and match limbs mm -hmm. um, on patients without assistance of droid, leaving them uh, leaving them scarred. Uh, later, his own face was disfigured uh, by a bounty hunter. Then he met Pondababa, who saved him. Um, Pondababa is an Aquilish thug, and they both became pirates together. Though they didn't like each other, they actually thought it was mutually beneficial for them to stick together because he could have just... Um, because there was a bounty on Cornelius, and he just thought that he would have made more money if he stuck with him rather than just um, collect the payment. Right. Um, by the year uh, 10 before Battle of Yavin, while working for Dryden Boss, he began creating a breed of subservient, semi-organic -organ cyber slaves known as the Decrenated. Um, Evazan would use procedures to strip pa patients from their identities before selling them into slavery. Uh, following the untimely death of uh, Dryden Voss, uh, Evazan disappeared from the Crimson Dawn because he was scared uh, with changes of leadership, which, by the way, this really makes me want a Kira story more than ever. Because, like, if he was scared from Kira and left and he was working with Dryden Voss, he was, like, really crazy. That, that really just wants me to see more of her. Um... Though his work continued with uh, a rash of mutilations and dozen star systems, which earned him the death sentence in each of them, which we actually hear in A New Hope, um, he adopted their respective. Uh, they adopted their respective aliases of Rufu and Saki. Both Evazan uh, and Pandababa committed rash crimes while visiting uh, the planet Milbane, and then Evazan. Uh, earned the nickname the Mutil Mutilator of Milvane. Uh, Tam Posla, an interstellar law 
uh, lawmen representing Mulvain Authority began investigating the matter when similar reports of kid kidnapping, forced, um, forced servitude, and surgical alterations of victims came uh, from the desert moon of Jeddah. Avizan and Padababa departed the city prior to its destruction by the Death Star and traveled uh, to the planet Tatooine where they continued their illegal medical experiments. But because no one would sell Evazan chemicals, uh, chem chemical, the chemical compounds he needed, uh, Han Solo actually smuggled them for him. Well, wow, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like an interesting thing about Han Solo <clears throat> that we always kind of forget sometimes because we love his character mm -hmm. is that <clears throat> this is kind of crap. Like when I get to my section, when it's not as like, because <clears throat> I feel like the uh, the canon sections a little toned down from what it was back in the time. Uh, and you'll better see when I start talking about the like some of the legend stuff. Like this dude was horrific, and yeah. you got Han Solo not even caring, going out and getting him stuff right, like that he needs to do some of these atrocities. And like I said, these things. Look, I started not gonna lie, I started loving this. I guy. don't think Han, I don't think Han Solo knew what he was doing. He was just smuggling stuff for him. Yeah, or I like, mean, I yeah. think I think like. Uh, he was paying someone to then pay Han Solo. Right, right, yeah, and it could be that way, but it's just like funny how like that that coincides with the stuff, and it's just really interesting. But yeah, go on. Yeah. Um. So they they would have died if they stayed on Jeddah for like a few more seconds, because literally the destruction of the city was destroyed seconds after they left. Um, so that would have been like a completely different story if they were still on it, because I don't know if if any of you guys remember, we do actually see them in, in Rogue One. They bump into Jyn Erso and Cassian Endor when they're walking down the streets. Um, yeah. Yeah. So later, Obi-Wan uh, confronts Evazan and Fonda Baba after they try to start a fight with Luke Skywalker in the Mos Eisley Cantina. We all know what happened there. So Evazan later tried to reattach Ponda Baba's arms using his medical training, but ended up nearly killing him in the process when the procedure failed. Uh, sometime after the encounter, Evazan infiltrated a bio uh, a biofarm on Thant. Uh, there, he stole a shape-shifting creature called a pluriplague um, because he wanted to invade the dense death sentences he has uh, earned on the mini system. And then he used the, he used that pluriplug to disguise, disguise himself and use the alias Lopset Yas. Eventually Lopset uh, was taken by the empire and, imp and imprisoned uh, on the ex Riscard uh, jail assigned to a squad led by a hub droid. Uh, the squad was deployed to attack um, a frigate uh, that that's where he met uh, Chili Alpha, which I know Justin loves. Mm -hmm. uh, the hub droid who was in charge exploded and killed everyone, all of the squad except uh, Evazan and Afra. Uh, another droid named Decknell walks in and Evazan freaks out because he thinks he's going to die and begs the droid to let him and Afra into his squad. And then he finds out that that, that hub droid is actually Afra's droid. Um, they're, they're supposed to go into an escape pod, but the restraining bolt on the other uh, hub droid moves, and uh, and then that uh, that droid Decknell actually destroys the escape pod. 
and then they they go back into the prison that they were in and um lopset uh showed uh afra a transmitter uh that he discovered and repaired telling her that hey i know i, I know you have connections um so you know uh help me escape he gave her the trans transmission and asked her who she was going to call and then she contacted someone named uh, Magna Tolvin, telling her secrets that forced her to um, forced her to pro uh, protect both of them. Uh, African confronted Evazan being a shapeshifter. She he pretended to shapeshift into his several um, individual, including his actual form, uh, claiming that that the Empire had used uh, his powers in the past. Um, so they, uh, when the, um, sorry, when the restraining bolt moved into, uh, on, on the, the hub droid deck now, it was because like a, a, a forest spirit moved it. Uh, I forgot to say that. And then they, uh, they see that forest spirit again. Uh, destroyed the sensor, sensor disruptor, keeping, uh, wait, uh, yeah, keeping Tolvin's TIE fighter, uh, from being detected. As they investigated the ship, Tolvin was attacked by, uh, Santa Staros, uh, a rebel alliance operative. Uh, the, the, uh, the force spirit disassembled deck nail, but Evazan retrieved his central processor, uh, preventing their implanted proximity bond, uh, bombs from detonating. In an attempt to find a way off, off prison, uh, Aphram made Lobset shape-shifting's uh, shape power uh, trick Tam Pasla, uh, who was actually looking for him earlier, uh, right. who went to Jenna to look for him, into rescuing them when Evazan pretended to shape shift into his actual form. That's when found Pazla. Tam Pazla was like, uh, was like, yeah, I'll I'll come get you guys. And this is where we stop because there's a lot more. And if you want to find out more about um, about what happens next, I would suggest reading the Dr. Afro comics, uh, specifically from uh, 15 to 31, because that's when he is mentioned in those. Uh, some behind the scenes stuff. Um, the, 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 the movie's fourth, fourth draft uh, was supposed to have Obi-Wan cutting Evazan's Evazan's uh, arm instead of Panda Baba's, and Evazan would like retreat into the crowd without fighting or without a word. But his character was like in the rough drafts from very early on. Um, his uh, his name, Cornelius Evans' name, was used in a mobile card game, which was called Star Wars Force Collection, which initially launched in September fourth, two thousand two thousand thirteen, which was before Disney bought Lucasfilm. But they made sure to stay within canon and make sure everything matched. And then in in um, in Star Wars Rogue One, the visual guide, um, Pablo Hidalgo, I hope I'm saying that right, 
Yeah, it's probably um, a hot doggo. Um, he, that's where, like, his nickname, um, or the alias Rufu was used. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Uh, one of the things before I start uh, going over some of the Legends content here, because uh, she had a lot of stuff. Dude, I did not realize that that character had that much to do in, like, actual canon <clears throat> after Disney took it over. That's, that's like, amazing. That's a lot of stuff. But I'm actually – we probably should have – I should have come up with this idea beforehand. But <clears throat> as she was talking about it, like, here's a – let me make sure I'm doing this right. It's be the first time I ever did this on my own. I guess you have to take us out. Like this guy, bro. Did you realize you were talking when we weren't on screen, right? Yeah, this guy is like, <laughs> look at it. Look, I mean, he looks like a pig, but that was not like he's not part pig. Like most people don't understand that. Like that happened from like a blaster bolt. Like he got hit and it didn't like kill him, but it messed his face up. Like basically melted part of his face and it made his nose and stuff like that give him almost like pig like features because of that. And uh, so let's set this up. Uh, Legends, <clears throat> he makes a, a appearance in Star Wars Blood Ties. That's the story. It's an old school Dark Horse comic where Bubba Fett's killed and they're they're searching for the killer and there's just like. Uh, different people trying to search for it. He doesn't play less like huge role. He's just kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I wanted to throw that out there. That's an old school comic book. Uh, he is in the story, the hammer tongue, which is the tale of the Tanaka sisters. Briefly, they are considering, uh, they're only in this story. He's not in there a super huge amount. Uh, they're considering him for the job, like uh, to help them get somewhere uh, and to do a, a thing for them. But as they're actually considering possibly hiring him from the job, that's exactly when Obi-Wan just <laughs> wax a Ponda Baba's arm off, and then they were like, Nah, nah, can't do with this, guys. So that's exactly right. <clears throat> uh, and in that story, he has been told to have 10 death sentences listed for him, uh, for botched surgical experiments. It's like a pretty weird way to have uh, 10 death sentences on you by surgical experiments, but you'll learn a little bit more because, uh, in Legends, my man, I didn't know a lot about this dude, I knew that he did have some evil tendencies. But as I went far and dug more deeper into him, I started loving this character because I love horror. I love Halloween. I love October because of it. But he is in a story called Galaxy of Fear, City of the Dead, where he's being chased by Bubba Fett for his surgical crimes and torture. We find out he was wanted in 12 systems here. And the good doctor poisons a character named Karn with cryptoberries, a toxic fruit, and attempts to do it to Zach, the lead character in the story. But, uh, you know, guess who? That's right. Bubba Fett shows up and he stops his, he stops him by uh kill just kills him and takes him away pretty much on that one. And that's actually a, like a weird story. I did not even know this story existed before I started doing the research. Uh this is a like these group of stories that they did that was like the Galaxy of Fear <clears throat> and all of them had this like Halloween kind of feel to it. Uh so like I'm actually very interested in going back and looking at some of those. He appears in a couple of spots in Robot Chicken. If everybody remembers, there's some very funny shorts and stuff that Robot Chicken would do that was involved in Star Wars, and he was in a couple of those. Uh, he he had a uh, major story uh, called Dr. Death, the tale of Dr. Evazon, and the Ponda Baba can be found. It's found in the tales of Mos Eisley Cantina, 
which after doing the research, I started seeing a couple stories. I bought that book because it's well worth it. Even though it's called Legends, the stories in here that I looked at was really good. <clears throat> but we find uh, the doctor uh, who could possibly get a little brownie points from Bedore, even though he's doing all this evil stuff because he owns like something that he considers like a dog. It's a species of Medusa uh, is what it's called that, that he has named that he named Rover, just like he would a dog. But it basically is just like uh, it, it, it's, it's we find out that this thing is like a blob and it basically it is the blob like you would see in the horror movie, the blob. But it's a smaller version of it, but it gets on you and attaches itself to you and basically just absorbs you. <clears throat> so this thing will eat anything. And that's what he has is like a pet. And that's pretty cool. Uh, he gets in a gunfight uh, in the story. I kind of let you know he wasn't just this pushover guy. Because, like, if you just look at the New Hope scene, you kind of look at him and be like, oh, man, he's kind of a punk. He didn't really do anything. He just let his friend get his arm cut off. Uh, but we do find out that uh, Panda Baba, his friend that gets his arm cut off, a lot of people out there probably considers uh, to know or think that Panda Baba died uh, during that section, like getting his arm cut off. But he actually doesn't. He actually survives it. And uh, this story actually revolves around uh, – the 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 good doctor will call him, but Doctor Evazan trying to find Panda Baba an arm, a working arm. Uh, that's like a big key to this story, and that's why they're still working together in the legends. Like uh, that's why they still have the camaraderie. Like she said earlier, in both legends and in canon, they both don't seem to like each other, but it seems to be like they always kind of cling together because they both have um, this kind of like workmanship together and it's probably more beneficial like oh yeah doc, the doctor can help me get my arm and they kind of stay together yeah. uh you learn in this story there's a scene where they're taking this one guy down uh down into like like a cellar or like a lower floor of a building and uh you find out that there's dead bodies in these cylinders that are just lining the walls just filled with embalming fluid um and he actually said uh that some call it murder but he calls it research uh, he's trying to find Panabama arm, like I said earlier, <clears throat> uh, and other things. When a character by the name of Gurian comes uh, in to get revenge for the doctor killing seven members of his family uh, that the doctor uh, so-called treated. <clears throat> so to go in a little bit more detail on that, because uh, some people had claimed they want some details. So here goes some gory details. The doctor here, uh, Evazan, that we're talking about, he... Uh, gets this guy's family like they were sick and they were sick with like a stomach virus and basically and the doctor was supposed to be helping them out but he would always come up with a reason to basically like uh tear their bodies apart and use it for an excuse to be able to like maybe help the other members of the family kind of like sacrificing one to save the others but he went on to kill seven members of this guy's family just gutted them like crazy stuff right there that's why he's being watched by 12 systems uh, they get in a uh, struggle where Gurian pulls out a bomb, kind of like a hand grenade, uh, threatens to blow them all up. The, the doctor is able to surprise him and gain control. Uh, and then he sees Ponda Baba's character like coming around the corner. So now he thinks like, oh, yeah, this is all set in stone. But something happens when he puts this arm on Ponda Baba that he found for him. Uh, he was trying to make it animated so that he would be able to use it normally. But what happened was that a reverse, uh, or something reverses in the process, and the arm that he used uh, takes over Panda Baba's uh, body and mind and becomes the person that he cut it off of. And this guy does, and then the guy, the arm obviously that the doctor got 
Uh, he did it by heinous ways. <laughs> so, like, when this dude takes control, obviously he wants to kill Bonda Baba, or not Bonda Baba, he wants to kill the doctor, and he grabs uh, the hand grenade himself and blows, tries to blow them all up. And a weird uh, thing that happens when the bomb goes off, uh, Rover, the uh, gelatinous glob that I just, blob that I just told you about, uh, actually surrounds the doctor and uh, protects him, basically. Like, uh, they, they jump out the window right before the top part of this building explodes, and uh, the softness of the blob actually saves the doctor, and obviously they're, it's kind of like his dog, so he doesn't eat him. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty like, crazy stories, dude. But he's still out there somewhere, and he's probably the worst of the galaxy serial killers. This guy, like, just, man, I, like I said, I went through here, and I was expecting some of these stories and some of this stuff to not be as, like, interesting as cool and stuff like that. But, like, no, man, this stuff for this guy was just crazy amazing. Like, I, I want to go almost in, into his character more because he's such a uh, – this character, like, that – like I said, I love horror movies. So this guy fits into that. Like, I was yeah. just looking at him like, dude, this guy's going around the galaxy just murking folks. Yeah, I've I've heard like a lot of people want to see want to see like a Star Wars horror movie, and he seems to fit that perfectly. I always but thought he was a big dude. Say, I will say that, um, you know, when you're like, dude, he got someone's hand. It reminded me of a horror movie that I don't remember the name the name of. It's like. This just this hand that has like control over someone's body, and even when that person is oh, sleeping, idle hands. Just... I think the name of it is Idle Hands. Really? And yeah, I know we, yeah, we should watch that. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like so he cuts his the guy that he brings down, and he's like showing the guy stuff at first, but then he finds out that, like, oh, wait, something's going on. Well, he kills that guy that they bring down, he's like yeah. an aqualish guy, too, like just like Ponda Baba is, yeah, so. They basically kill him. He cuts off his arm and and puts it on Ponda Baba. But because something got reversed in the situation, it didn't work like he wanted it to. And that Aqualish took over Ponda Baba's like mind and basically mind and body just from the arm. And so Ponda Baba not wasn't himself. He became the other guy. And so like obviously the other guy just wants revenge because in a weird thing, Ponda Baba was like this lower level kind of Aqualish uh, being. Well, this other guy that they had was like one of these guys you would look at as royalty. Like there was differences in like the species just a little bit. And because he was a little different, he was actually looked at as being more of like, oh, at the top of the echelon. And when he had to become what Ponda Baba species basically was, he hated himself so much. And, and he hated obviously the doctor for doing it that he kills, tries to kill all of them. Yeah, that's that's actually very interesting. Not gonna lie, though I'm still probably not gonna be reading any legend stuff anytime soon. <laughs> but yeah, that one, that one definitely has me interested for sure because, like you, I love horror. So well, we'll see, we'll see about that. The other um, character that we're gonna be talking about is actually, I will say this to begin with: if if you hang out in my Discord or in, in the voice channel with us. You know, you know, this guy has is, has been part of the group, <laughs> even though he's not a real uh, person. Uh, we're talking about uh, Garen Dan is Zavar, a.k.a. Long Snoot. He is played by uh, Sadie Eden. And his voice is a processed version of John Wayne's. 
His uh, species is Cubaz. His homeworld is Kabindi. And the nickname is Long Snoot. He had like a wife and kids and grandkids. And um, he was dis- uh, descended from insects. He could read body languages, smell pheromones, um, and weapons. Uh, he can hear from long distances. He could read thoughts and feelings. Um, his snout can actually express like so many emotions in his own language with just one twitch. Um, he didn't like humans in general. He called them noisy, rude, unsubtle, uneducated, insignificant, and many more things. Um, and also, he was once an accomplished percussionist, which, from his story, he doesn't really seem like something, like, from what we know. Mm-hmm. If people don't know who he is, um, we first see him in A New Hope. Uh, he was the informant that outed Obi-Wan and Luke about the droid. Um, he actually came from a respectable hive in Kubindi. Uh, his clan is known uh, for breeding and farming so- sought after um, strains of second picolet beetles. Um, his children were senators, orators, and artists. Um, so he was he was living real life, basically. Um, he was forced to be a spy for the Empire, but he didn't like them. So the question is, if he didn't like them, why did he work for them? Um, we find out why in a story called The Secrets of Long Snoot. In the, uh, it's a short story in a book, uh, in the book from a certain point of view. And they talk about everything. Um, it basically started off about him just complaining about humans. And then it goes uh, in deeper into why he's on Tatooine and when we see him in A New Hope. But... Before we get into when we see him in A New Hope, we'll start from the beginning. Um, Back in his home planet, he was taught that the Empire were their friends and that rebels were were the bad people. That they were sabotaging their their technological advances to keep them off planet. The Empire promised them if they helped them, then the Empire would help help the Kubaz. Uh, to gain like a foothold in the galactic trade and in politics. Um, so they chose uh, some uh, some of the Kubas from the academy so they could teach them uh, so they could teach them stuff. Uh, initially, Garandan was supposed to be a diplomat, but instead he was trained as a spy. Him and others were subjected to propaganda and indoctr- indoctrination and reprogramming, though these methods did not work on Long Snoot. He tried slipping away from them uh, when, uh, on a job that he had, but then he found out his uh, planet was orbited by Imperial firepower. Ever since then, he realized that the Empire was not who they said they were, but he was going to try everything to get back home and um, basically tell his people that Hey, the empires are the bad guys, and we should get away from them. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, his plans got fast-tracked when he received a message from his daughter uh, to come back home that his wife was dead and his family was in trouble. Um, and then his mission from trying to... 
I think she just froze. Trying to get everything. I'm back. <laughs> My internet like, went out for a second. I was like, I think she just froze. Yeah. Uh, where did I leave off? <laughs> uh, you were uh, right at, you were telling us like uh, when his plans changed because his daughter sent in that like. Um, yeah, that his, his wife died. Dead. So. Yeah, his wife is dead and his family was in trouble. So like he. His his plans got fast tracked to go to get back into his home planet. Um, he had an informant in the Empire to supply him with the codes necessary to get back home. So when, uh, so so now he got the codes, so he had to get the credits he needed to get a ship to go back home. He was very picky with the jobs that he chose. He's like no hand to hand combat, no kidnapping, no killing, no guarding. So he chose uh, a bounty the Empire put out on two droids. So you can guess where we are in the story. Um, so on that day, he starts off his day in Jaman's cantina. He looks around the cantina listening to people's conversations and um, he hears nothing about the droids. And then he looks around outside until he picks up a new scent, which was of the speeder that they were on. I'm guessing he never picked up before. Right. Um, he follows that scent. So by the time he got there, they were gone because they they moved. Um, so he made his way back to the cantina only to hear Cornelius Evazan and Pondababa, which we talked about earlier, uh, in the middle of a fight. And I'm pretty sure you can guess with who. Oh, yeah. So my arm gets chopped off. <laughs> I'm going to say his first name is Ponda. Yeah, and then he picks up that scent, and then he traces that scent uh, to a table with three humans and a big hairy Wookiee. Uh, he makes his way outside the cantina because he knows that um, they're they're Han Solo is going to accept that deal because Han Solo wants credits, just like every other smuggler. Um, so he contacts the Empire to let them know that he's found the droids, and with this information, he thought that he would return home soon. However, as we know from A New Hope, the droids ex escape, and he didn't get the credits. Back in the cantina, um, he looks for another job. Uh, he asks uh, Labria, he's a male Devornian, um, the one that looks like a devil, for a job. Um, he had a job with someone named Dorita the Keton. Um, and he wondered why no one was taking that job because um, he he said, like, why, why aren't you taking that job? And why isn't anyone taking that job? But it turns out the job was against the Alliance. However, uh, Garandan or Longsnoot needed the credits more than he needed uh, anything or, like, to care about what the Alliance thought of him, even though he hated the Empire. So he took the job. And that's where the book leaves off. So. Yeah, I mean the 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 thing about this guy is because uh, I actually accidentally uh, went over some of your stuff because like yeah. on my own like on time was that I found out was like a lot of things you don't know like this character actually has like this huge family. He's yeah. he's he would have been very respected if he wouldn't have been like away from his home planet. Mm -hmm. uh, he got tricked by the Empire and stuff, so he's like this victim. Uh, but when you see him in the movie, right, because he's telling the stormtroopers where this uh, where they where the droids are and basically 
that gets them almost caught, like then you're like, oh man, this guy's you know a butthole. But then you read, you find out a story, especially like the canon version of the story, and this guy, it really kind of tragic, you know, like he's gone trying to get back home, trying to make some money. And his wife dies before he can get back. He's trying to still do and go and do the right thing for his family. So it was kind of weird to like see this guy that a lot of people like hates, like or dislikes because they're turning in their favorite droids. Whereas, I mean, God, man, he kind of like he had to do his thing, man. Like put yourself in that position where if you don't do that, you know, you possibly like, you know, your family gets is gone and you can't do nothing about it. So that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, so the legends part of Mr. Long Snoot. Uh, he's supposed to be the greatest spy in the most highly spaceport, baby. Uh, his name trans, uh, translates to a couple of different things, I guess, according to what home world you're from. Blessed One, Burnt Wood, Dust from a Windstorm, Ugly, and Toast in five different languages. Let me say, like, okay. I don't know where Toast came from, but it's <laughs> uh, one of his weapons. Hey, was we know Star Wars has Toast. That's yeah, that we gotta know it because it's in here, yeah. Uh, like dust from a windstorm, like come on, man, what, a, what kind of name is that? Like model 434 blaster pistol. Uh, but he plays a minor role in the story in the underworld of the Yavin uh, Basilica, where it's actually a really cool comic book. I'm gonna recommend this comic book, I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna read through it completely. Uh, it's a little bit of a series, but it's basically a story where this Yavin Basilica is this like myth kind of like. A legend kind of artifact and er- the three huts are basically in contention to like find this and they all have different ways of doing things and they all hire their different uh groups to go find it like one's got the normal bounty hunters he's got bosk and dengar and ig88 on a group and one of the huts uh that's in the story uh he gets um a couple of other characters on his to go out there and get it and uh then you have uh Bubba Fett obviously hires uh <laughs> the 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 big the the best scandals out there, Han Solo and our man Lando Calrissian. But he doesn't even tell them that he hired them to be on the same team. He just hires them both at different times <laughs> and they basically run into each other. So it seems like a really cool story. So I'm gonna put that out there. I'll say it again. It's a it's a story called Underworld the Yavin Basilica. That'd be something really cool to go back and read, it seems like. Uh and so they do that. I already told you that part. And the story Empire Blues, uh, there's another story in uh, Empire Blues. Longstreet tries to sell information to a devish, which is a character that looks like the devil. Like he actually has like the horns and stuff that comes out the top of their head. If you ever wondered what those guys are, it's almost like saying devil, except for adding the SH at the end. It's devish, which is uh, the devil looking people in Star Wars. Like I just said, he does sell the info. To the guy, which turns out to be that figuring Don and the model nodes are in town playing for job of the hut. So this is kind of like a backstory of something we talked about last week with figuring Don. Like, so our man Long Snoot over here has some information to give and he sells it, trying to get as many credits as he can. And it turns out this uh Devish guy like really loves listening to the band. So uh he gets super excited and whatnot in the little story that's there. Uh, interesting fact, Long Snook appears in an old comic that can that can <clears throat> coincides with the movie. So, like, in A New Hope, they had the comic books coming out. This is something I learned doing the research, people. This has been kind of fun doing this stuff because I'm learning stuff every time. But uh, Long Snoot in, in the comic book looks different from he does in A New Hope because whenever they were doing the comic book to prepare for the movie, uh, they were not given complete, like, uh, illustrations of what all the characters will exactly look like. 
So in the comic, he actually looks different than he does and he appears in, in the movie. Uh, so that was kind of a thing. Um, he, he, he is only mentioned in the rise and fall of Darth Vader and in Star Wars Journal Hero for Hire. Like he's only mentioned there. Like people like basically he's this really good spy. So every now and then in one of the stories here and there, uh, you'll have him get mentioned because he is super great spy. Like I said, uh, you find him in Underworld, the Yavin of Basilica, which I talked about. That's probably like the, the best thing that he's in outside of that. He's in the Empire Blues, the, the Devroians tell for a little bit. Uh, the Most Size of Cantina pop-up book, which is basically, obviously, it's a little kid's book. Uh, Star Wars 2, Six Against the Galaxy. Star Wars Rebellion. A lot of these are comic books, by the way. The Star Wars Holiday Special, which is actually the holiday special that we just talked about. And that Le Lego is going to actually do on November 17th, their own version of it. Uh, there is uh, the Most Allergy Adventure set he's part of. And then there's the Emperor Court Star Wars sales number 14. And like I said, a lot of things in the in Legends, he's not as big of a character. Like he, they added a lot of things. I think he's one of those characters that back in the day, Bedore, like they didn't know what to do with. They didn't really understand what was going on. And and then they saw like, oh man, a lot of people notice this guy, right? A lot of people talk about him because he's long snoot and people want to know what his name is. So I think they went and fleshed his character out better afterwards in our new canon. Whereas back in the old days, he was just kind of mentioned because everybody knew he was a spy. So, he, oh, he's that guy that turned in R2-D2 and C-3PO. So there you go, man. There you have it. There has the Legends um, character of Long Snoot there. As you can tell, this opposite went opposite of each one. Like one character had a lot of one side and one, and one character had a lot of the other. So there you go, guys. Yeah. Long Snoot. And I'm going to try this again. It's not going to be super great. I'm going to have this better prepared next time just to give you a little bit of look about what Long Snoot is, just in case you aren't the hugest Star Wars fan. Let's see. That's him. That's him with his metal beak in the background there. But yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm going to try to do, actually get photos for y'all to be able to like reference uh, like what we're actually talking about and what we're seeing, because that'd be kind of a cool thing to throw up here on the screen yeah. and start talking about them. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that one. Either that or we play a clip of where they're yeah, at. Yeah, some like little three or four second thing, like a maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, because that's, that's fair use. It's not um, it's not subjected to copyright, I don't believe. Nice. But yeah, man, those two characters, are they, they had a lot of stuff out there. Um, we we kind of like, we're, we are a newer show, so we're out there. Uh, trying to get y'all's people's feedbacks. One of the feedbacks was people wanted details. And let yeah. me tell you something, Bador gave y'all's butt <laughs> details, sign. And I gave you I gave you way more than I normally would. I get, you know, I try to talk more freely and what have you, but like uh I gave you a lot of details even in mine, a lot more than it was last week. So like hopefully yeah. the people that wanted that enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope so too. Honestly, like it, we literally could have done and possibly a two-hour show on just Cornelius Evazan because his story was so massive. I'm so enthralled in it because I knew that there were a couple of stories out there. I knew, like, there's this thing called the Death Troopers, and there's a sequel to that called something else. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but uh, it's actually, like, where basically there's this evil Sith out there that uh, ends up making, like, zombie Death Trooper, uh, zombie stormtroopers, basically. And uh, like, so it's a story with that in there. And I liked it because it was kind of cool to see something different in Star Wars 
this dude literally is like one of my heroes now. He's like my serial killer of the Star Wars universe. So like I'm just picturing, I'm picturing the great doctor out there doing his things like on different planets in the galaxy, you know, and it's just crazy. Like I read the story and I just couldn't believe like it's been so long. I love this because I'm forced to go back and look at things because I used to like look at a lot of the legend stuff, but I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. And so like I forgot about the fact that like in this story, like I just told, for instance, that dude killed seven people of a dude's family, like of one family. It wasn't like he killed seven random people. He killed seven people of the same family. That's just craziness. That's super yeah. evil. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely evil. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it looks like a pig. So, like, maybe he was a good guy before he got shot with that blaster that deformed his face. And then he was just like, nah, man. Nah. You know, I, I can't. I, I'm too ugly. He, 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 <laughs> I got I to gotta make everybody and, as ugly and, as me. And, yeah, it's just like in in the um, in the canon story, he, he was evil before he got disfigured. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, like again, if there's any feedback that you guys have for us, um, just let us know. And, um, I will end this on with a question to you. Um, what is, what is like, we're, we're only in episode two, but what is this show done for you? Just like, like I just said, you- real, like. There are so many things that I had forgot because I haven't went back to them. Cause like basically once Disney took over, like I knew all that stuff was legends. And, and and there are stories that I still like, even though they're legends. Like I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, these are legends that uh, I ain't even paying attention to them. No, actually, to me, calling them legends was pretty smart by Disney because that means they uh can actually like you can read those stories, and even though the story might not be a hundred percent accurate just like a lot of our legends in our history on just this one planet, like there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of things that happens in those stories that are actually real, uh, just made to look a little different possibly because they're a story. And because that's the kind of thing that I am enjoying super, like a whole lot. It's making me go back and remember how badass Dr. Abazon is like killing people across the galaxy. Uh, he's like, man, dude, he's just like, you don't understand two of my favorite movies of all time are seven and silence of the lambs guess what they both involve serial killers guess what dr Evison is basically is a serial killer and he's yeah. a crazed maniac doing scientific experiments like he thinks he's doing the right thing like he literally i just told you a story where he almost made a zombie basically he put two people together uh an arm on another person and then that other person became the other person uh man it's crazy it's craziness yeah. i tell you like he had yeah. like dead bodies just in like we all see the scenes where like Luke Skywalker's in the um, in the fluid uh, crap. Can't think of it off the top of my head, but he's in that fluid that heals you basically. Yeah. But in this, nah, bro, bro's got the same kind of like exactly. thing going on, but it's all embalming fluid because he's all these people are dead. Like it's just that, that's crazy. Like you didn't think when you look at Star Wars, you don't think about that. And I just think like this is a cool thing that we're doing to like we we're telling people what the facts are that we know of now when you talk about your canon stuff, but like we're learning the facts of like what star Wars was as legends at the same time. Yeah. Like, so that's, what's really cool to me. And 
like I said, I'm just learning so much uh, of things and relearning things that I forgot because it's been a long time and I'm an old man. Yeah, I definitely wanted the show to be something uh, at both like educational and fun. And I hope people are having fun with it. Um, and we're not just being <laughs> a little annoying. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, now you're putting together like some good stuff to me. Like I find it interesting whenever you're 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 reading out your part that you put together because you spend a lot of time and effort into that, uh, finding out all that information and letting us know about these characters. And because I love Star Wars, this is definitely going to be a show when we do these episodes that you're going to have to be a big fan of Star Wars, right? And we'll yeah. eventually get to some of the bigger characters, but we want to go over some of these characters. Like I want to talk about the gosh darn railroad that's stuck in the cantina. Like for whatever, why is there a werewolf there? People, I want to find that out. He has, he has a story. Yeah, no, no. And you told me that and I got super excited because I never, I don't know nothing about a story and I'm not pre-looking it up because I want to find out when we actually start getting ready to do that show. But like next week, for instance, like it can be uh, more of a like, kind of like any kind of Star Wars fan could be here yeah. and help us talk about Star Wars uh, because we're just going to yeah. talk about any and everything. So if you have questions, that you want to ask us, you want to find out about Star Wars. If you know Bedore, you're on a Discord, or like if you just know her period Twitch, uh, or mine, you you send us things on Twitch or DMs or any of that kind of deal, like of questions, of legit questions, and we'll actually find that to the best of our knowledge, we will find those answers for you before the show next week. Because so next yeah. Wednesday, I'll let yeah, you go. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, next Wednesday, I will be talking to some people. Hopefully, we'll get some guests on to talk about Star Wars in general. Um, so we'll 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 see how that one goes. If we have more fun with that one, maybe we'll turn it into like um, alternate weeks instead of once a month. Um, so it's yeah. Just, I mean, it's nope. just on how what what people react to versus what we want to do and find like a, a common balance between all of it again we're a new show we're still trying to find our our feed in, on all of this uh the main thing that i honestly wanted was to be like a, a positive voice in star wars because the service does get a lot of hate for some reason uh or another and, right, uh, we're gonna give you the super nerdy dives like john pierce you know if you're a horror fan go read about doctor go beat about the dr evison just go read about the dude because he's pretty amazing if you like horror stuff. But no, nah, and, and we can do that. Like, I think that's a good idea. Like let the people know because uh, like this is going to be that informative show and, and it's going to be cool because people could always look back and reference this show. Like if they want to know something about Long Snoot that they might not have known, they want to go back and, and read it uh, or find out a piece of information about the doctor. They can. And then like when we do the other show where we're just kind of almost more of a free flow format. That's going to be like the fan show. Like we need y'all guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, because we post it on YouTube afterwards, or you're watching it here live with us, or if you're just watching it on Twitch after we air it live, like let us know, let us know stuff that you want us to talk about. Cause we want to talk about it. Uh, and we just don't want to jump on the major characters first. We just don't want to jump on Han Solo. the yeah. first week. Like we want to get yeah, our a lot stuff. of people know, know about Han Solo. They we've seen, yeah. we've seen the, the the key points to his story um i think focusing i don't know what my dog is doing focusing on on the the minor characters that people think that they look cool or or they want to know more about just hit me up my dms are open so uh wherever don't slide you into her dms though 
politely walk in there and ask permission. Poli- politely walk in there. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe not, not knock on the door right before you just burst in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just looking at what my dog is doing. It's getting underneath that cover. And yeah. which one is that? Ivy. Okay. She's my okay. oldest. I was about to say, if it's Cody, uh, you might no. want to put a shutdown on him. Like, <laughs> no, he's right here. He's on my lap. I got you. He's on the lap the as, whole time. As, as usual. Has he been on your so lap the whole time? I can tell you what to do. Is, so isn't that how it normally works? Oh, Saul. I so mean, yeah. Should, Saul, should, even you, you Saul. Come on. You should, you should come on uh, next week and we should just talk about Star Wars. Because it was really fun. I got to talk about Star Wars a little bit with Saul yesterday and it was a lot of fun. Hey, if we ever get a Patreon tier, well, I know this. We can have Saul come on the show with me and we just talk about The Last Jedi. <laughs> That's worth money. I'm going to tell you right now. That is worth some money. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for watching. I really do appreciate it. And as, as usual, Saul does come in at the end of the show. He did promise he'd do that. Love it. Thanks, uh, thanks guys, for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for watching The Holocron, a Let's Get Ready podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the Let's Get Ready channel on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch.